Hello, everyone. This is Jen with Double Shot of Catharsis. I know it's been a minute since we've been around. Uh, we took a, a little time to sort some things out, and I just want to make a quick announcement that um, Beth has decided, at least for now, to step away from the podcast. She she has some things she needs to deal with, and she is doing so with my full love and support. Um, she has been such a significant part in me becoming this person I am right now and and getting to this place and being able to move forward in my life and I will always support her in all of her decisions um and she knows that she is welcome back at any time and in any capacity that she chooses so for now we're gonna uh, go ahead and I have a guest tonight uh her name is Giovanna Giovanna is a uh, spiritual coach, healer, and guide who has suffered and, and thrived after her own experience with abuse. Her work allows her to give women the support needed to overcome toxic, unhealthy relationships and rebirth themselves after pain and heartache. Uh, Giovanna, would you uh, like to introduce yourself? Hello. I'm so glad to be here. Um, Very think- happy to have you. Thank you. I think you summed everything up. I um, am just happy to really talk about, you know, my experience with domestic violence. And I think it's just important that we each share because I think a lot of things are like misunderstood or still not widely known when it comes to like abuse and Absolutely. all the different things that, you know, you have to deal with. Absolutely. It's it's so involved. In, and when we were talking the other day, I, I said one thing I'd definitely like for us to touch on, you know, share. But one thing I hear repeatedly is, well, what I don't understand is why people don't just leave. Why don't mm-hmm. they just go? And I, I would, you know, in hearing your story, I would also love to hear your take on why you didn't go. I know because it, people don't understand that it's just not that simple. Yeah, it's it's really not. And I think by the time you realize that you're in an abusive relationship or situation, it's not like an overnight thing. Like it, there's like a buildup and then you one day like have the awareness like, holy crap, like, yeah, it's it's a grooming process. It's, yeah. You know, about, you know, children, you know, doing things to draw them in and make them more susceptible, make them more open to it the same thing in abusive relationships you are you're groomed your things are done to ease you into it and then you're like whoa what wait yeah Yeah. and it starts with the emotion so you're already weak you feel like you don't have support because nine times out of ten you've been isolated from family and friends which was my case yes and there's something holding over your head whether it's finances a lot of women aren't in a place financially to leave um and I know one of the things for me, I was threatened, like, if I left, he was going to take my child. And so yeah. I didn't want to be without my daughter. Um, yeah. So I did stay. And a lot of it, too, was not realizing there was, like, a pattern or a cycle to it. It was, like, an individual episode. And, okay, well, he said he's sorry. He's not going to do it again. So that's over and done. And, but, and the gifts or the apologies and the excuses and, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they bribe you back. Yep. Flowers, the nice dates, everything is, oh, I'm sorry. And, and you believe them because, you know, you, you love this person or you're so, you know, it's conditioning and then your emotions yeah. are involved and it's, it's hard. It is. I, 
I, I, I have this joke that I make, you know, talking about the conditioning, you know, and sorry for the language here. I think everybody knows it from me, expects it from me, but my, my, I just walk around half the time. I'm like fucking Pavlov. Yeah. <laughs> I it's the conditioning. It's, you know, it's frustrating and, and you try and fight it and you try and change it. And it's a process. It's just like the process was getting there. Mm-hmm. And there's that thing like Nuremberg syndrome where you start to like feel sorry for, you know, your abuser or your oppressor. Yeah. And so there's a lot of that too, but a lot of it starts mentally. So you're mentally and emotionally broken down long before you ever get hit. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, I'll let you continue because my brain is stuttering <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> That's okay. Well, so I'll yeah. kind of share a little yeah, bit of yeah. my story then. Um, Absolutely. It's okay. So mm-hmm. I was 20 when I was in my first abusive relationship. Well, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had just had my daughter. So I was like a young mom and, he and I moved in together. My daughter was about six months old. And that's when like everything changed. So like we went to high school together. We were friends for a long period of time before we ever started dating. So again, total blind side. Um, but I was just already in a fragile place because there was a whole lot of like crap around being a young mom. And then there's, you know, trying to make this family dynamic work. Um, and then not, having support that was like a really big thing yeah so I want to say I stayed in that relationship until I was maybe 24 25 somewhere around there Mm -hmm. it gets a little fuzzy because I dealt with a lot of uh, I kind of had a mental breakdown I was diagnosed with major depression anxiety post-traumatic stress disorder I had like just a lot of it was horrible. And the worst part of it all is that because, you know, I left, he said he would take my daughter. So there was like this custody battle going on as well. And because mm-hmm. I was considered quote unquote unstable because of, you know, being depressed and anxiety and all of these things, the court did grant him um, primary custody of our daughter. Yeah. And so it was just like blow after blow. And he was then able to still control and manipulate my life because he kind of had the upper hand. And Mm -hmm. um, that was like the hardest thing of it all. Like I I completely like lost everything. Um, I had an art studio, lost my art studio and just really had to rebuild myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were days that I did not think I was going to make it. It was not all sunshine. I drank a lot. Um, but then eventually I started looking into other things to do, like more positive things. And that's kind of where like all of my spiritual work and all of that comes from is that's how I was able to like heal myself and like regain control and start to become a survivor versus living in a victim mind state. Um, yes. And I think that was that was like the hardest journey was no longer seeing myself as a big victim and reliving that. And then having it um, like replayed in other relationships because maybe they weren't abusive relationships, um, but they were not healthy. So yeah, there's like, um, there's so many different aspects of, you know, how 
abuse affects us. It's not just, okay, well, you know, the physical abuse stops. So now you're okay. And you just go on and live your life. Like, yeah, it's, it's not even a little bit like that. <laughs> no, like, yeah, you have to, you kind of have to readjust to the world. And there's a lot of like around safety. Like I would be afraid to leave my house. You know, mm-hmm. I felt like I had this big sign on my back that said, Hey, I've been abused. So I'm not valuable. Just a lot. It, it absolutely is there. And, and when you, when you, it's, you almost project that feeling up to the world and then they, they sniff you out. They, they find you more easily. It feels like. Yeah. It's like you're wounded and they're all the, like, you know, the predators are coming. Like I smell, yep. you know, fresh blood. Yep. So, um, yeah, totally. And I think that's why like healing and really having resources like 10 years ago, like, I mean, I reached out to all the people and places I could think of, and there just weren't resources there. And so it was like, I didn't know what to do. Um, But now I think that shifted a little bit. Mm -hmm. But what I would like to see is for people to stop like asking, you know, like, why did you stay and blaming women for being in those type of situations? Because it's not, it's not fair. Absolutely. unless you've been in an abusive relationship, you really have no idea like how that affects you on a mental level, physical, mm-hmm. spiritual, all of that. Absolutely. It's, 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 I mean, it affects every inch of it's, it just, it's insidious. things, And it's mm-hmm. not, you know, just a quick fix it's not just removing yourself from the situation that changes everything and it's something beth and i have discussed in, a, in one of the last episodes was that you know there is that factor of no matter how miserable no matter how dangerous and painful it is staying there there is comfort in gonna happen but when you leave you have no what's gonna happen and that is even more t- Oh, that's, that's a really good point. And that's so true. Like within, and that's another reason why you stay, like you do have a comfort zone. So you feel like, even though you don't necessarily have control, you feel some degree. Mm -hmm. But then when you leave, like, I remember, like I used to come home and my front door would be open, like just open. And I'm like, what the hell? And it got to the point where like, I just stopped calling the police. Cause I'm like, you know what, if something's going to happen, then damn it is just going to happen because it was like living in fear constantly. Yes. Looking over my shoulder, like, is somebody going to hurt me? Is, you know, is it's terrifying. It is. It is. And it's absolutely valid. It, you know, you do question and, and you, you start to defeat yourself, you know, maybe even yeah. more than they, they thought they were defeating you when, when you live stuck in, I you know, and um, it's 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 such a hard process. But you, you seem like you've come so far in, in the little bit that you know we've spoken, and you know I'm so grateful that you reached out to you know you know express interest in, in you know a guest spot here. Um, oh, I'm you're welcome. So excited to to you know this network that that you know we can build you know to support women because there are male survivors too. There are male living in abuse right now. 
That's true. And I think one thing that we don't realize is like we think, okay, well, abuse is just physical or you have to, you know, be really bruised and bloody for it to be abuse. And so instead of like putting it in a box, like looking at like all the different forms of abuse, emotional abuse is just as, you know, terrifying um, as like physical abuse, financial, spiritual, all of that like counts. And I think a lot of society kind of normalizes bad behavior like you know boys will be boys or it's cute to like slap people in the face and throw drinks on them but like no that's a form of abuse or mistreatment and if we can stop normalizing it then maybe we can start to get a handle on how people express their emotions and like start understanding like as adults like let's model better behavior let's learn how to deal with our anger and our frustration in a way that's not hurting other people Yes. You know, I know I grew up hearing, you know, grade school, little boys on the playground, they're mean to you because they like you. Right. Like, yeah. what kind of twisted shit is that? Know, how messed up is that? You know, and it's, it's all of those things as a whole. It's not any one individual thing like that. It's just that there are so many things like that that have become normalized and, you know, that we, we teach our children, you know, even though we don't realize it. And that is, you know, a very significant part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And I have two girls, so I don't want them to go through being abused and being in toxic, unhealthy relationships. So if, you know, if I can stop that cycle, then, then I will. But I like what you said, how, um, you know, if we're telling little girls, okay, well, when he hits you, it means he likes you. Well, stop asking us why we stayed. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's like in train in the back of our minds. Oh, well, he must really love me if he, you know, if he's, if he's hitting me, because that's what we're told. Yes. You know, we, we inadvertently, just because of it was how we was raised, we place so many, you know, negative expectations and, and, you know, things that our kids should accept and, you know. And it's, it's not just simply, even for somebody who's never experienced a, an abusive relationship for themselves, there is so much that even, you know, that person, those people need to realize and accept and change about their behaviors because, you know, it does, in a way, lay the groundwork on some level for somebody they love, their child, whatever, to walk into one of those relationships because they were you know, well, mommy told me this is, you know, if they do that, they love me, they like me. Yep. Yeah. And yep. It, it's heartbreaking. It, yeah. it really is heartbreaking. Every, every single person alive today has a responsibility to change some of their behaviors, even if, it, even if it's not something that has ever harmed anybody directly. But we need to take responsibility and, and make aware of these behaviors that, these societal norms that are really, really jacked up. Yeah, I definitely agree. There's a lot in, you know, our culture that celebrates violence on different kinds of levels. And if we can start to like say that's not okay and shift it, then I think we can get rid of problems like abuse and things like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think right now, and you know, part of the reason why, you know, why, Beth and I had started this was, you know, for that, you know, to use our experiences to maybe change 
to, to help, you know, that change, you know, in culture and what's expected and what's, what's accepted because not everybody is in a position where they're willing to, or feel like they're capable of using their voice and, and putting themselves out there. And I know yeah. for myself personally, you know, before I, you know, this last relationship, you know, the relationship before that, you know, I have a daughter. I mean, it was, it was years, you know, creeping up on two decades before I even realized before the blinders came off. And then when they did, it was like, Oh, mm-hmm. I know. And everything made sense. Yeah. You know, and I could see things more clearly like, Oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. I know. And, and part of my reasoning for, for leaving, it was like within a week I had found an attorney and, and, you know, was working on the paperwork. And part of my reasoning was, I need to be an example for, for my baby for yeah. what is okay for her to accept. Right. And so, yeah. And I think, too, it's important to talk about relationships, mm-hmm. like, you know, for us as adults and then also, like, for children. Like, what is a healthy relationship and how are people supposed to communicate and act? I never, no one ever like told me that, like, I didn't know. So going into, you know, my first like real relationship, you know, I'm just thinking like, okay, well, this must be normal, you know? Yeah. So like setting that expectations. Um, and I like that, how you said, like really modeling, like you, you need to, to be a model for your, for your mm-hmm. baby. Cause yeah. we do, they're watching and they will absorb everything. And this just occurred to me while, while we were just talking now, but you know, that whole, you, you always hear, I still hear, hear people say it, never go to bed angry, you know, the key to a good marriage, never go to bed mad at each other in a fight. Well, you know, sometimes you might need to go to bed, go to bed upset so you can sort out the issues and, and not just cave. I right. don't know. I mean, that, that, that could really, in a lot of cases, be really unhealthy in itself. That's true. And sometimes maybe you do need to like, just stop the conversation, sleep on it wake up, it's a new day, and maybe you're in a better place to talk about, about mm-hmm. things. Yeah. yeah. So why, why don't you tell me about what you're doing now? I mean, if, if you know, we squirrel, I, I squirrel a lot, and so get sidetracked very easily. But you know, if there's <laughs> anything else you wanted to say about, you know, what got you to, you know, the place where you're able to leave and, and you know, all of that. And, but I, I would love to hear about your business. It sounds like a really amazing thing. Yeah, I definitely will share. Um, I think what what made me leave is I realized, like, one of us is going to die. Either he's going to kill me or I'm going to kill him, like, trying to defend myself. And I was like, what kind of what kind of thought is that to have? Mm -hmm. And so then I was like, I whatever happens, like, I have to go because this this is not safe. Like, this isn't safe. It's not healthy. And this isn't who I want to be. So I packed up all my stuff one day. Um, I think he was like out of town and I just, I left. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like the best decision. Mm-hmm. I would say looking back, I wish I had of really told people what was happening. Um, mm-hmm. And I never, like the police were called, like my neighbor would call the police, but I would never like turn him in or, you know, mm-hmm. Well, there's that shame. There's the expectations yeah. of, you know, that that's my man. I got to stick with them. You know, he's allowed to make mistakes. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's 
very <laughs> that's not that that's not how that works <laughs> yeah so but I will say that you know out of all of that horrible tragic stuff is it sparked me like on this journey to like rediscover who I am and you know to heal myself and that's kind of how I got into my business, which was like, it wasn't my plan to like, I'm going to try to save the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I had started a blog like in 2006 and it was supposed to be a place for me to like dump out all my toxic emotions. Mm-hmm. But I found like, it was always like this encouraging motivational stuff. And I'm like, who is this person? Um, so I just started blogging off and on and really like, inspiring people people were like enjoying what I said and they were like commenting and I was just like wow like I could really help people and so um and and I like out of the situations we've come out of that's a really hard pill to swallow isn't it that you have something of value to say that yeah it was and um I didn't want to be like a relationship coach. I was like, well, who am I? Like my life and my relationships have been horrible, but it's like, that's where I can best help people like with loving themselves and getting over things that they've been through in the past. Um, So a lot of the work that I do, I, I combine like energy healing with coaching. And I also do intuitive tarot readings to really give people like a holistic, kind of experience with change and one of the big things that I kind of focus on is like forgiveness and self-love because we hold on to a lot of things a lot and once we're start able to start letting some of that stuff go then we can like really figure out who we are and what we want and kind of it helps you like rebirth yourself like you're not that same person yes ma'am when you're like, you know, holding on to the past, like you're this whole new woman, you've got a new outlook on life and you can like do what you want. <laughs> so that's what I'm all about. Like really empowering women not to, you know, feel small or feel like you have to, you know, feel ashamed for the things that you've gone through. Like I've been abused physically, I've sexual assault, like you name it. Like I've probably been through it. Mm-hmm. And if I can get through it and still like come out on the other side, like a better person, I know that anyone else can. Yes. Um, and so, because like, I didn't have a whole lot of support, like even like with mental health stuff, my family was like, Oh, you're, you know, we don't, you know, mental health was like super huge stigmas around that back oh. then. So like that now, like there's the shame of like trying to get help because dealing with all of this, it was just a hot mess. But, um, I love the work that I do and I'm grateful that I can do this work from the the things that I have gone through. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the things that I'm working on is like a forgiveness challenge um, in the next couple of weeks, just to kind of help people understand what forgiveness is, how it can help them and what unforgiveness looks like. Because a lot of times we don't even know that like we're holding on to stuff. And so just kind of helping people open up and realize like how important forgiveness is to like healing ourselves and being able to you know Mm -hmm. live a happy life and be happy with who you are yes I I I love that I I think one thing that I've said 
you know, a few times in the past eight months is, you know, I, I fought with, you know, the, the PTSD and the depression and, you know, the, the constant roller coaster, you know, in the months after, you know, as you're trying to regroup, even before you're able to start rebuilding yourself. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have, uh, oh, there's children riding by. <laughs> I have, uh, you know, said, you know, on more, more than one occasion that, you know, I keep these rose colored glasses that have always been just on my face. I just keep them there because and, and I keep my cheerfulness and, and, you know, that really probably obnoxiously optimistic attitude that I have to some people, because if I change that part of me, then and only then is when they have won. Yes. When my abusers have won is if I change something that is such a fundamental part of me and who I am, then they won. They can have said all the terrible things, done all the terrible things, made, you know, all of that. But they, they don't, they, they haven't changed me. Yeah. It makes me grow. And I'm sure that angers them to no end. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I think that that's really powerful. Like at 20, in my 20s, like, I don't think, because, you know, we're still young. So I don't think I was like, you know, foundational in who I was at mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. So I didn't have that frame of mind. Like I was completely gone. Like I, um, it is a blessing and a miracle that I'm alive today because yeah. I, I was so down and out. Like I didn't want to live. I had no will to live. You know, I was lost. I didn't know who I was or any of that. And I felt like my soul had been crushed. Mm-hmm. So to say that is so powerful that you held on to your identity and not letting them win is, you know, when you don't lose yourself, you don't lose sight yeah. of who you are. And I think that is so powerful. It's, it's, it's been, you know, days and, and, you know, at a time where that's the only thing that's kept me going is those stupid rose colored classes but yeah. you know you grab onto what you need to grab onto yes because one of these days you, you just feel like your, your fingers are going to finally snap from all the white knuckling it and you know you're going to lose that straw you've been breathing through and mm-hmm. it's rough yeah you have to have some kind of positive anchor eventually like spirituality meditation and yoga that became my anchor mm-hmm. and that's what helped me like not go way, way in the deep end. Yeah. So yeah, like you have to cling to something that's positive mm-hmm. and just keep going. Yes, absolutely. So what do you do, um, you know, at this point for your self care? What, what are the kinds of things that you do when you, when you feel yourself kind of falling into that hole, you know, maybe kind of spiraling just a little bit when something triggers you, triggers the PTSD or, you know, the, the, you know, negative thinking, you know, that kind of thing. What are the things that you do to manage that? I don't know I, that there's a lot of people out there who have no clue, who can't even imagine, you know, maybe yeah. at this point. One of the most important, important, important <laughs> things that I do uh-huh. <laughs> is like moving my body. Even if I'm just like dancing around the house, looking crazy mm-hmm. or go outside for a walk, um, moving your body in some way because our emotions are like energy and if we get them like trapped in our mind or wherever else like they just kind of get stuck so like even if you just get up and like just shake your hands in the air like that can help yeah. um, 
listening to positive music is always a plus. Mm -hmm. I cut out a lot of negativity, meaning like I don't really watch the news. I don't listen Mm -hmm. to the radio or watch a lot of stuff on TV. Mm -hmm. I will say that I'd like binge watch like Bad News Bears, Elf, um, (laughs) Wedding Crashers, yeah, (laughs) like super funny movies that are like ridiculous that just make you laugh. Things that Um, make you feel good. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's okay to feel good. It is. And then essential oils. I use essential oils for like everything. They are like instant mood boosters, Mm kind of like having a bouquet of flowers in a bottle. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are really helpful. Um, I use a lot of lavender because it's really good for dealing with like those anxious feelings and it's calming. So those are some of the things that I do. Yeah. So what would you, uh, like all these questions are popping into my head now. I told you I was struggling with (laughs) prepping for this. Um, But all these questions, like what would you, um, you know, if if you had somebody, you know, listening right now or somebody in front of you right now who who didn't tell you that they were living in that hell currently and they were trying to sort things out, what what kind of thing do you think you could say um, that might, you know, give them that little bit of a nudge that they, they need to know that they're not alone and, and to know that, you know, there is hope. I mean, what, what kind of wisdom, <laughs> I, I hate that, but <laughs> kind of wisdom, you know, might you be able to give pass on to somebody concerning that? I think I would say like, put yourself first. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, because we, you're, you're conditioned to feel so low and like, you don't matter. Like you've got to like put yourself first. Yes, absolutely. And I think too, like we know, like you can know, like, okay, I need to leave, but it's like, you start thinking about all the other things that go behind it. Mm -hmm. So like, there's that quote by Dr. Martin Luther King that says, you don't have to see the whole staircase. You just have to take the, you know, take the first step. Love that. Yes take the first step and let the cards fall where they may and do not be afraid to report that shit. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Who cares about their future? Mm-hmm. Report it. Yes. And, and yep. it's, it's terrifying that idea of reporting of, of making those reports. And because really, you know, the, the abusers, they have more, more rights in some ways than, than, you know, the survivors do. They do. And that is, Oh my God, we could talk about that for like days, but yeah, yeah, they do. They have, there's, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but there's, the laws don't really protect victims. No, they don't. They and don't. yeah, and there's, um, and it's not fair, but. I think too, just realizing like, do what you can and still, you know, still report it and Mm -hmm. put yourself first always. Yes. And something that like an eventual goal, I, you know, I want to get things established here and, you know, keep moving forward and, and, you know, getting more stable and, you know, more positivity into my life. But something I would like to do eventually is, you know, work towards having a known abuser registry along the lines of a sex offender registry oh my god I love that idea and I think that that in itself might encourage some you know people who are living in that hell currently you know to say hey you know what 
there will be some form of consequence. You know, if I can prove this, you know, if I, you know, make this report, if I press charges and the court, you know, does this, then maybe that'll help somebody else to know that, you know, if they take that step, if they make that risk, I am mm-hmm. of leaving, of making those reports that something will come of it. Yeah. Right, be- right now there's not. Nope. And then they, you know, they go off and to the next person and mm-hmm. they keep repeating that cycle and no one knows that he's an abuser because it's not public knowledge. Yep. Because of slander. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I really like that idea. Especially even with um physical abuse as well, like known um yeah, I I'm all for that. Yes. Yeah, yeah I mean and I you know, there would have to be a lot of things that went into it, you know, to protect yeah. people because there are people out there who will, you know, make false accusations. Right. You know, yeah, it def- definitely has to be like some sort of checks and balances. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you know, the vindictive people aren't just like maliciously saying, oh, well, he's this and he's that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. I know. And so I know it'd be a long drawn out process and, you know, and there'll be a lot of people fighting it, I'm sure. But I mean, I think, you know, in overall society right now is just at a point where, you know, everybody's just like enough is enough. Yeah, and I think with the you know the hashtag Me Too movement, I can mm-hmm. see this getting momentum behind it and really, really becoming something. Yes, you know it. Now is the time. I totally agree. More than ever before. I mean, just the the social climate is just finally right, where more people are saying, you know, okay, I'm gonna stand up. I'm gonna use my voice because if I don't, things aren't gonna change. Absolutely. And I'm loving it, especially as, you know, a lot more women, too, are like finding their voice and their confidence and kind of starting to just shift the energy. It's Mm -hmm. not all about, you know, masculine energy is ruling. There's definitely like an overall shift where some of the more goddess feminine energy is starting to like come into play and, and assume roles of power. Yes. And there are men out there who welcome it, just not for any creepy, you know, pervy reason, just because they understand, you know. Yeah. Things have been so off balance for so long, and that makes it easier, you know. It it makes it easier knowing that we have support across the board. Or maybe not totally across the board, but, you know, it, it's, it makes it a little bit easier. It does. I, I agree. I totally agree. Yay. Well, I think we should probably wrap it up. Um, I want to say thank you so much for reaching out again. I have absolutely enjoyed this. And I do want to uh, list your, uh, give your website and, you know, any information you want to provide um, for your, where you're located, all of that. Um, I, I definitely want, you know, to make a focal point of of all of this is survivors supporting survivors um you know there's times where when we're first coming out of the situation where we don't really have many options and i i wasn't able to find work because there was some stuff going on and i was i was struggling um you know so I, i want to see if we can you know kind of cultivate a network there where you know somebody can say hey there's this person this is their skill 
let's let's use them for this. It's not steady ongoing work, but you know, it might you know, be that little boost that they need, not just financially, but you know, self-worth. Yeah, I, I like that. I totally agree. And this has been amazing. I'm so glad that I was able to find you as well. Um, I enjoyed this also. Um, so thank you for having me. Um, again, I am the Spiritual Love Coach, and you can find me at thespiritualovecoach.com. Um, I'm, my office is located in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I do offer like virtual services. Um, so and I'm always open and willing to like really help and support others. So I hope that I can come back because this was really awesome. I, I would absolutely love that. I, I'm very happy with how this went. And I'm so excited. You. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. But everybody, you guys have a good uh, I am back on track and we'll be back weekly um, uh, with guests uh, just kind of winging it just like I do the rest of life. <laughs> and uh, Beth. I love you and I support you and you are just such an amazing woman. I want to make sure you never forget that. All right. You have a great day, Giovanna. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.